Welcome to the show and thanks for checking us out. I'm excited about my guest today because he really hasn't done a lot of interviews that I could find. So it was fun to chat with him and see what he's been up to and talk about some of his old bands he's been a part of. He's really made some great music. He played in Jellyfish, Slash's Snake Pit, Imperial Drag, Alice Cooper, Sextus, and his latest project, The Licorice Quartet, is really amazing. Eric Dover, uh, if you like melodic music, Beatles sound, uh, the Donnie V and Enough's Enough also have a very similar sound, very melodic. I just love this kind of stuff. So uh, check out some of the music that Eric has made, and you'll see why I keep badgering him to tour and do live shows in this interview and uh, I just really want to see him perform live so I've never seen any of these songs uh, performed live and I'd love to hear that music played especially you know even the Licorice Quartet his newest one is amazing so Eric's a very nice guy and I really enjoyed our chat so I hope you enjoyed too here it is welcome Eric Dover to the Chuck Shoot podcast how are you doing today I'm doing great Chuck how are you my friend Great. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just, I wanted to reach out and uh, do this interview because I wondered what you're up to. And, uh, and now I know you're doing this uh, band called the Licorice Quartet. That's amazing. It's really great stuff. Wonderful. Thanks. Yeah. We're very happy about it so far. We have one more EP that's coming out, uh, in oh. about a month or so, or, you know, something like that. A few months. <laughs> okay. And then will you be doing live shows for that eventually? No, there's uh, probably no chance that we'll ever uh, play live uh, unless it's for a small crowd, probably. Really? You know, like a, cl- like a club or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all dodgy. Everything's changed now. So, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to say what happens in the future. Uh, I would like to, to think that we could do something. But we'll have to see uh, how the world readjusts and gets back to normal. And I don't know, uh, none of us know, basically, how that's going to pan out yet. So, Okay, so just nothing planned, but it's it's possible that later down the line you could do something. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a favorable situation, I would uh, imagine that anything's possible, so... You know, we'll have to play it by ear and see how it goes. But um, as for now, there are no immediate plans to uh, uh, to tour. Okay. Well, hopefully, yeah, because I'd love to see. I've never seen you live ever. The closest I came was when you came to Seattle when I lived there. With You came with Slash of Snake Pit, but you guys played Rock Candy, and I wasn't 21. So I just heard you do a rehearsal. Uh, I heard, like, backstage, I, I mean, I heard through the wall – you guys doing, I think it was rock and roll hoochie coo. And it was awesome. Uh, yes, we, we, we covered that a, a couple of times. We had some interesting covers. Actually, we did, um, acid queen from the who's Tommy. Oh, I'm wearing a who t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I think we did magic carpet ride. I'm not sure. Steppenwolf. Yeah, I think I saw that on the uh, the set list on the internet. If it, for, for, for what that's worth, <laughs> yeah, we, we we just used to uh, cover things that we liked, you know, including uh, when we did the uh, acoustic tour. Slash and I, we would play sto- a lot of Stone songs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, both being Stones fans. So, yeah, that's kind of a cool story, though. Like how you got that tryout for that gig. And I'm assuming that was a pretty coveted gig. Like, do you know how many people you beat out to get that job? Uh, I never thought about it when I did it. I just uh, did it. 
you know, I know it, it was, it was um, kind of a, a situation where everything kind of happened at once and I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time, essentially. Um, so I, I'd never thought about it. Just kind of went and did it. Yeah. That's really, that's a great experience for you. And then uh, I was curious about the songwriting. You, you wrote the lyrics for beggars and hangers on that was like on the spot. And then it looks like you wrote like 10 of the 14 songs. Now I was looking today and I saw this and I was like, this has to be a mistake. Is there a song, uh, Summer City Ward? Is that co-written by Izzy Stradlin? He didn't sit in on a songwriting process with you. Is that a leftover riff or? Uh, I think it's some kind of riff. I think it's some kind of musical contribution. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, by the time I was involved with Snake Pit, uh, they already had the tracks really dialed in and sounding great. You know, they were just waiting for a, a, a singer to come in. So, and then I appeared. And yeah. And I love the combination because Slash is like the bluesier. And then you kind of gave that band a little bit more of a modern sound. And then I think it's an underrated record, but you guys, it sounds like you had a lot of good memories from that band. You toured worldwide and you did that big show in Donington with Metallica, the biggest crowd you ever played. Do you prefer the big giant arenas like that? Or do you like the smaller clubs? Uh, I, I prefer all of it. Like I'm never going to shy away from anything, man. Like you put me in front of 150,000 people, you can be guaranteed that I'm going to give everything that I have. Um, but Donington was an amazing experience. Uh, you know, obviously the biggest crowd I've ever played for. Um, it, clubs are cool too. It, it, it all just depends. Hmm. Um, you know, it's all music. And if you get a chance to perform it live for anyone, it's, it's a good day, right? Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about some of your other bands too. Um, jellyfish. Uh, I, I always heard about this band and I was always curious, but I never had a chance to listen to them until more recently. Um, but you guys had kind of a cult following during that five year existence. And, um, do you, do you agree with that? It sounds like according to the internet, it says they had a cult following, but they struggled against prevailing rock trends, hair metal and grunge. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I think that a uh, jellyfish was, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I was only involved in the band during the spilt milk record, which is the second record. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't record any of the uh, original records at all. I only came in on the touring aspect of the spilt milk record. Um, but being involved with that. Yeah. I would say that, um, Grunge probably killed everything at that point. Hmm. Um, and that's fine. It's just, it's just trends. I mean, uh, jellyfish flew in the face of a lot of that. And still with everyone that, uh, you know, is involved in the kind of family tree uh, of everyone involved with jellyfish. I mean, we're all trying to um, still try, trying to, to do something a little bit different. Uh, so TLQ licorice quartet and, uh, you know, explore different areas rather than what's a commercial slam dunk. Yeah. You know? 
But I mean, I think other bands must have liked you. I don't know if you played with these shows, but you played uh, Jellyfish played with uh, Deborah Harry and In Excess and Counting Crows and Tears for Fears. So, I mean, there was definitely respect among your peers. Would you would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm very flattered to this day that anyone uh, remembers any of it. I mean, it, it you know, it really boils down to what uh, Roger and Andy did during that era. They were the songwriters and arrangers, and they were able to pull a lot of people from, uh, you know, uh, having a, a big, gigantic record budget where you can... Uh, afford the greatest players in the world that live in Los Angeles. There's so many uh, orchestral players here, harp players. I mean, you can get anything you want, and they all do orchestral dates and record, you know, quite frequently. Um, I think just having that budget to make that kind of sounding record, uh, those days are, you know, I look back and think, wow, you know, uh, I'm sorry. I'm blind. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was definitely a heyday of music with the big budget records that, that is, but at the same time, it's gotta be easier to, you can record really good sounding stuff now in your basement. If you want to, I mean, the stuff that people are putting out with hardly, you know, you don't need a giant recording studio to do it too. Uh, no, you don't not with, uh, the right knowledge and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take too terribly much. Right. Mm -hmm. You just the rest takes talent. Just just do it. Like yeah. I, said, I mean, you got so much that I mean, all your bands, and then uh, the other one I want to mention, Imperial Drag. That's so it's such a good band too. And the uh, the song Zodiac Sign. Oh my God, I love that song. That's psychedelic and it's but it's melodic and so catchy. I'm like, why isn't this song a huge hit? Do you ever do you ever think that about some of this stuff? Well, of course. I'm, I'm always trying to aim as high as I can uh, for whatever we're going for. Mm -hmm. um, we were really into like Steppenwolf records back then. Strangely enough, um, just, just kind of like uh, you know, 1973 uh, groove blues rock, if yeah. you will, I guess. But it's so melodic, too. It's... I feel like it's more melodic than that kind of stuff than Steppenwolf even. Well, I mean, we were doing our own trip on top of it with the melody. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we, we, we never like playing like or singing blues. We're kind of like more into melodies, like yeah. all melody driven, but, but having a uh, backdrops of some of that era we were kind of going for at the time. Um, because we got a big treasure trove of old, um, guitar pedals, you know, fuzz tones. And so, yeah, we just wanted to try some of the pedals out really. And, um, that, that was kind of the, the, the impetus of, uh, writing the Imperial drag stuff with Roger. Yeah. But I mean, I think the songwriting is so strong and it holds up today too. I think that's a big piece of it for me, like being able to hear those songs and they, you know, they stick in your head. I think they do too. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm more than proud of it. I just, uh, and, you know, even the demos that are floating out there of uh, the Imperial drag stuff, it's all over YouTube, and, mm. you know, wherever uh, you can find them. But those are great memories too, because we recorded that, I think on a Bostix 
a quarter inch reel to reel or something, or a, maybe a four track. I don't remember. Um, but you know, I just remember all the gear and it was in a rehearsal room in Ventura, California. It was like, it wasn't a, even a rehearsal room. It was a, you know, you store it place. Oh, okay. So, so those demos that are floating, are those, those are unreleased songs or those demos of the songs that are already released? Uh, those are, some of them are already released, Okay, but a lot of demos out there. A lot of bootlegs. Like, okay. There, there are a ton of, uh, Imperial drag demos and all that that have never been released. Oh, okay. It was going to be for the second record. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That, um, that never came that out because kind of you joined slash. Never, uh, no, 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 no. I, that slash was before Imperial drag. Oh, it was. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I must be. So, but you got, you and Roger had the cameos in the Brady bunch movie. Was that, was that because somebody who had worked on the movie was a fan of jellyfish and reached out to you or how did that come about? Uh, that was a friend of ours that said, Hey, there, um, was it Norma Ephraim? I think. Yeah. The Brady bunch, uh, was, they were looking for people. It was at tapped high school in the Valley. They just needed, uh, people to fill in for the band that had a band name recognition or whatever. Okay. Uh, they could dress us in flannel or leather or whatever the fuck. And, <laughs> uh, we showed up and she goes, Hey, you're going to be great. Yeah. Here, go see wardrobe. And that's what we did. Um, and I just, we, we sat around in a classroom all day waiting for our call because the school was closed. Obviously. Oh, right. Um, and then, uh, I think I went and flirted with, uh, Jan, in her, in her director's, in her chair, you know, <laughs> as she was sitting there. I had no sense of boundaries back then. I, plus, plus I'd, I'd climbed over the fence and uh, went to the liquor store and bought a big bottle of vodka. I was so fucking bored. That's what it uh, sounds so, like working on movies. There's a lot of downtime. Oh, so much. And so I was like chatting her up going, Hey, what are you doing, Jan? You know? And she was like looking at me trying to stand character and I was trying to break her character, you know, <laughs> doing what I could. She was a professional though. She didn't break her character uh, one bit. So oh, that's awesome. So then how do you get the, the gig for Alice Cooper? Was that a thing where you, you reached out to try out or did somebody recommend you for that one? Uh, that was probably Eric Singer and Ryan Roxy. Because um, I've known those guys since I've been in L.A., basically. Um, so that was kind of – we had a, a, a glam band that we used to play in Hollywood a lot called uh, Glam Nation, which was a riot. It was the funniest thing in the world. And uh, we would dress up in glam costumery. Uh, and each show had a particular theme. Hmm. Uh, I think some of those shows are floating around out there too. They're very fun. You know, we just play sweet songs and uh, just glam songs, you know, um, Samantha Hoople and, and uh, we kind of just did that for fun. And then uh, eventually I got called in uh, by Alice and Alice's people. Like, would you be interested in trying out? And I tried out and I mean, Alice was aware of me already. So was he a fan of your past work, jellyfish and stuff? 
Well, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, Alice is a, he's a pretty broad minded guy. I mean, one of his favorite records is the love record from 1969, like forever changes, I think, or, uh, or the second one. I mean, you know, he's from that era, you know, it's a great era of music too. Right. It's epic. For sure. And then, so it's interesting because then you, when you left, you had played in this band called Chinatown, I think with Damon Johnson. And it's like, right. Is that, you're looking at me funny. Is that, or you knew Damon Johnson, Damon Johnson, right? Oh yeah. But when I left where, when you left Alice, didn't you recommend Damon for the job? Oh yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Because you guys had had this relationship. Like, it's like, it's kind of one of those lessons where like, don't burn any bridges because you really like did him a favor by recommending him. That's pretty cool of you to kind of like, you know, keep that friendship going all, after all those years. Well, I try to do my best to keep in touch with all my music brothers and sisters, you know, and um, help them and support them any way that I can. And Damon, uh, I've known Damon since I was, you know, in the, starting out beginning of my entire career. So we've been friends for a long time and I couldn't think of anyone more worthy to do it because of the demands of the, uh, the Alice Cooper material. It's actually a lot of demands if you want to perform it correctly, you know? And, uh, so I was very happy for him to, to fill in. Yeah, that's really cool. And then uh, the Sextist record, uh, you guys had that debut, Stranger Than Fiction. Is that band still active or was that just a, what's the, what's the story with that? What's the update on that? Uh, well, Sextist is still active. Um, I'm working on a number of songs right now to release in the future. Uh, and we'll keep, keep uh, trudging along with that. Um, the Licorice Quartet has my responsibility right now because we're working on getting the 30p out. So okay. as soon as we uh, get that happening, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can, you know. To get, so, you, so you're still in those, both those bands. Is there anything else or is it just mostly those two right now? Uh, it's those two. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 um, I, w- I might be on sessions here and there for mm. different people. Um, I do a lot of session work as well. So, uh, you know, whether it's guitar or, um, uh, vocals or whatever. Or songwriting. Do people reach out to co-write songs with you? Uh, yes. Yes. A fair bit as well. So I've, I've done a fair bit of that and I just try to stay active with that and communicating with other musicians and, uh, exploring whatever, you know, whatever seems to be cool. Yeah. I mean, so back to the licorice quartet though. I mean, this, this is so amazing. I love, it's like a Beatlesque sound, but it's also modern sounding at the same time. And, uh, yeah, I, I really hope you guys can play live. Cause I, I want to hear these songs played live. Like, but I, uh, they sound amazing on record. Like the light hit light, lighthouse spaceship song is so melodic and it's large sounding and it's an epic ride. I think is it's how you put it this uplifting quality. It's such a great tune. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I really am happy with it. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the collaboration that we've done uh, to this point. It's uh, been old friends, music 
friends that have reconnected after many years. And I think the fruits of the labor have been, you know, astounding. Really, really, they've surprised me. Yeah. How do you guys write songs? So it's you and, um, and Roger and Andy's not in this cause he was in jellyfish, but he's just not interested or whatever. So it's you and Roger. How do you guys write the songs? Is it, um, as a band or one person brings something or. Uh, well, it's not just Roger and I, it's also right. Tim Smith. Yes. Is there, uh, it's just the three of you or is there yes. a fourth? Okay. Yes. Um, and you know, uh, the way that that works really is, we were fortunate enough to get in a room before uh, all of this hula baloo hit the world uh, and work out the songs. So we worked out the songs. Then we recorded the drums with Jeremy Stacy hmm. that uh, currently plays for King Crimson. He's currently on tour right now. So if you can go check him out. Okay. Uh, and we were able to complete at least uh, two thirds of these, this collection of songs uh, in the studio for the most part before all the hula blue hit. And then uh, we're completing this last run uh, separately, independently from our houses. But uh, at this stage, it's, you know, it's pretty concise. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, the next, the next one, because every song I've heard from that uh, uh, group is has been amazing. I mean, really, every song, all these bands that you're in, there's there's not really a lot of or any bad songs that I hear. Like every song is is good and well thought out and melodic. And if people like that kind of music, I mean, clearly you guys are heavily influenced by the Beatles. But like I said, I also think there's a modern. You guys put your own touch on it. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we're just. Essentially, uh, you know, we're just trying to promote different aesthetics in our sound, I think, at this point, uh, for fun, you know, and, and, and to experiment. I mean, um, if you're not experimenting when you make music, then what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. So I think uh, this lineup of the three of us were able to challenge each other in a way that kind of pushes us, you know, a bit. And I think that's awesome. And, uh, so yeah. Have you been getting a lot of good feedback from, from fans and, and other musicians and people that, that have heard it reviews? I don't know if critics, I don't know if you pay attention to that. Uh, well, I think so. I've heard good messages. Um, I don't really, uh, pay attention to anything after I've done it. You know, but, uh, you know, you can go down that rabbit hole if you want. Um, but I just feel like once it's done, it's done. So if somebody wants to judge it afterwards, that's their prerogative. It's, it's not mine. I know how I feel about it. Yeah, it's great. And so if you do play live, you'll, you'll play guitar and sing at the, you prefer that, right? Rather than singing or just playing guitar, you'll do both. I like doing both. I grew up doing both. So I would rather be connected to the music while I sing. To me, that's the greatest joy. Mm -hmm. 
That's really cool. And uh, I heard that you're a fan of Donnie V from Enough's Enough. I've had him on a couple times, and I think Roger played on his solo album. Have you? Are you going to ever do a collaboration with him? I think that'd be kind of cool to see what you guys could come up with. Ah, Donnie V. I love Donnie, man. He's a good guy. Um, we've never talked about it, but, you know, you never know how the universe turns. It's just a matter of... Uh, when the time arises, when the, when the timing is right, it's right. Okay. Fair enough. Or is there anybody on your bucket list that you want to collaborate with or you want to work with? Uh, I'm, I, gosh, I don't know. I, I, I don't even make a bucket list. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to play with great musicians. So I'm, I'm a bit spoiled for that <laughs> question. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean Alice Cooper and Slash. I mean, and then the bands, all the bands that you've been in, the musicians you played with, you guys have made amazing music. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely accomplished a lot already. Well, you know, uh, without going into like gypsy swing or um, you know jazz of some sort, um, uh, all my rock goals have been pretty well satisfied to this point. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to do more, of course, but um, timing and essence and uh, intent and uh, being real about it is what's important when you're making art, too, and making music, and uh, it's a time-consuming process. It's oftentimes uh, very emotionally expensive, so, uh, you know, it, or you have, a, you, know, you, have a, you have a job, you have to do that, too, you have to work on that, so... Uh, you kind of balance that out and get it done the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you, would you ever do a solo record? Cause then I think the cool thing about if you did a solo record is then you tour as a solo artist and then you can play songs from your whole catalog, which is an amazing catalog with all these bands. Um, I've never really thought of that about that yet, but I'm sure there may come a point where I, uh, would it would be interesting interested in exploring it i uh i think sexist for me for my own songs is where i really like to reside and do my little experiments and whatnot uh and then play with whoever uh, licorice quartet being the primary project uh, and that's that ties my hands up would you guys do in Sextus or uh, Licorice Quartet? Would you do songs from your other? Would you do an Imperial Drag song or Jellyfish song or anything? We uh, we've talked about that, and we probably would if we ever played a live situation. Okay, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't right now. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But in the event that it ever did happen, we probably would jump around in a few eras and and play some songs. Yeah. Cool. Well, I really hope I can see you live at some point, even if I have to drive to LA or whatever, wherever you guys do a show, I'll try to make it. So, um, I appreciate you doing this. Um, I do like to end each episode with a charity. I think you mentioned, uh, St. Jude's children's hospital. That's a great yes, one. I did. Yeah. So I've had a lot of guests, uh, recommend that. So I will put that in the notes along with the licorice quartets website and, or do you have a personal Eric Dover website or no? No, for right now, you should just follow me with the Licorice Quartet because we have new music coming out yeah. soon. Uh, and I think everyone will be hopefully very uh, 
pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So wait, did you say when exactly do we know we have a date for when that comes out? Well, right now we have a problem. Um, not just us, but the entire world has a problem with uh, manufacturing vinyl. Oh, really? Uh, be- because of the hula baloo. So the oh. hula baloo is uh, uh, causing all these delays in receiving things like vinyl, uh, particularly. Okay. Um, we have something in the works overseas. I'm not at liberty to discuss it right now, um, but it's good. And it's a, uh, it'll be an overseas release as well as a domestic, we're thinking. Okay. Which will be very cool. Uh, it'll be different. The uh, overseas probably will be different. It'll have some uh, uh, extra tracks thrown in. Oh, nice. So. Okay. Well, we'll look for that and I'll follow you and uh, keep up and hopefully see you live at some point. That'd be really cool. Yeah, Chuck. Really uh, enjoyed the talk, man. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. I'll I'll talk to you later. Okay, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So Jan from Brady Bunch was 26 years old for the record when that movie was made. I I was a little worried when he said he was hitting on Jan from Brady Bunch. He's like, I don't know. But she was 26. So don't get all cueing on on us. Uh, That was a really funny story. And uh, what a nice guy. Thank you to Eric for taking the time to do my show. Again, make sure to listen uh, to the Licorice Quartet. Uh, Check out their music. Follow them on social media to see what they're doing. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to some of Eric's uh, past music that we mentioned, like Imperial Drag and Slash of Snake Pit and the others. Uh, It's all great stuff. So if you want to support the show, your likes, shares, and comments on YouTube and social media mean a lot to me. And if you can, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm really trying to get that 1,000 subscribers, and I think we can get there. So thank you to all of you for your support of the show. Have a great rest of your day, and remember to shoot for the moon.